Welcome to the Thriving in the Word podcast. We are so happy to have you listening today, and it's a great conversation that we have as we dig deep in the Word. If you're enjoying the Thriving in the Word podcast, we'd invite you to like it on whichever podcast service you use, leave a comment, a rating, review, even share it on social media. Let your friends and family know about what we're doing here. We hope that you enjoy this edition of Thriving in the Word. Okay, so let's jump in. We're still in uh, John 11 to 15. And I know we uh, spent uh, uh, a lot, you know, last week chatting about, uh, I believe it was chapter 14, and uh, digging into that. But as we kind of continue, this is anything else specifically that stands out to you uh, from any of these chapters. Uh, Otherwise, I'm going to kind of guide us, I guess, into chapter 15. But Before we jump there, I'll kind of open it up to see if there's anything else that has stood out to anybody. I was going to go on to 15, but if you're going to do that anyway. (laughs) I think I'd like to say, you know, I was able to recognize more and more the I am statements. Mm. Kind of like what you were talking about, Dave, all these these weeks. Yes. And how how much, you know, Jesus was confirming, you know, the I am statements, who he is, who he's going to be, and how the people can rely on him. And then even John also wanted to emphasize the I am statements throughout. So, I mean, I think the I am statement, and you can, you know, please correct me, is like 14 times, 15 times an I am statement came about through the book of John. I don't know if that much, but that's that's close. I think it's seven. Seven, I think it was, yeah. I think you have a multiple there, Lenny. Yeah, I think it's, there's seven times that I counted. And if you look it up, but yes. And but you're yeah, right. It's, it's basically Jesus saying, and He's God. He's identifying Himself with God, and people weren't picking up on that. But as you said too, as you start reading, and somebody points that out, I am those. Those seem to stick out. Similar to if you buy a certain car, all of a sudden you start noticing them on the road. But yes, I am. It was interesting to me, just before we jump into 15, then is that, again, that raising of Lazarus, which from the dead, that story, I went back and I was looking, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that is not mentioned in the synoptic gospels, Mark, Matthew, and Luke. It's only in John's gospel. Mm. And there's an interesting line in here to me, and, it, and it, it talks about uh, humility. You just mentioned that, Judah, and you know, being humble and God you know, taking charge of your expertise and advising other people and what you needed to end up doing. And, and my <laughs> so-called learning and expertise in what I've gained over the years, and certainly when I said that, I know it was through God that I learned all of that, the school of hard knocks, and God let me know here's... You know, some things for you to learn in case you, you know, get too big for your britches, as my mom used to say. But in chapter 11, and sometimes I slid over this too, and I have other versions, but th- this version, verse 3, it said, so the two, this is after they find out that Lazarus is sick, and it says, so the two sisters, alluding to or referring to Martha and Mary, sent a message to Jesus telling him, And look at the way John records the quote from the girls, the women. Lord, your dear friend is very sick. That's all they say. Mm. And so I, I, I look at that because Jesus ends up raising Lazarus from the dead. We know that. 
But correlating it with what I just mentioned about humility, the sisters did not tell Jesus what to do. They mm -hmm. didn't say, we need you to come over here and, and make our brother well again. Mm -hmm. They didn't say that. Uh, look, what, look at it again. Lord, your dear friend is very sick. They left it up to him. And I, I think about that because we've talked about it before. In whose time do we want things to be done? Usually ours. You know, we, we need this right now. We pray now. We want it now. We, we want it done now. We need this now. Lord, take care of this now. Especially after we're in trouble. Because that's the time we go to God. We don't go before that a lot of the times. We don't pray ahead of the problem. We pray into it or after it. Yeah. These sisters demonstrate their humility, their love for Jesus, their understanding by saying, your dear friend is sick. Now, do they think what Jesus would do? Do they might know what Jesus would do? Probably or very possibly. But they do not tell him, come here and make your friend well again. Yeah. And that stuck out to me as I went. Now, not the first couple times, but I started reading. I'm thinking, I'm always trying to, for me, think about humility and to be more humble and to give credit where it's due. Again, as Judah alluded at the beginning, to, to, to God, using himself as an example and me as an example. Um, who gets you to where you are? It's God. It's not you. Mm. It's not us. And the sisters realize that. Otherwise, they would have had a completely different sentence there that John recorded. Mm. I wonder how many people asked Lazarus what it was like. Because he was dead for quite some time, right? A couple of days. Four days. Four, four, four days. days. Yeah, yeah. Four days, which is interesting day. you bring that up because that is also uh, in, in, the, in, in, in Jewish uh, times, uh, there, was a, there was a superstition that the, the body stayed near the grave. That, that's why that four days is important. The body stayed near the grave for three days, you know, ho hoping to return. I mean, the soul did. Yeah. I apologize. Stayed near the body for three days, hoping to return to the body. After four days, uh-oh, that was, that was a problem. So that's why it's four days and not mm. two, not three. Mm. If you, you know, a little mm. bit of history on that or a little bit of cultural, if you will, on there, you can read that. I had written it down. This Rabbi Ben, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it Ben Kafna, I believe, and um, in in his writings, he tells about that the superstition, three days, but four days. Oh my God, that that soul is gone. Mm, it's yeah. gone. So now it was even. We don't understand that, but the people there when Jesus raised Lazarus, and I'm glad you brought that up because I had forgotten about that. When Jesus raised Lazarus after four days, that even had more import mm. for the people there as opposed to us. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm just surprised it's not recorded. Like if anybody asked him, like, so what was it like? Oh, I'm sure people did. <laughs> I'm sure they did, yeah. 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 But it's like not yeah. recorded here. Yeah. I think, well, was it just darkness and then yeah. all of a sudden you're back? I mean, <laughs> I think it was ultimately secondary to the purpose of, I, you know, everything. So. You read my mind, Jude. Yeah. I'm thinking my question, and, and, and Ben, I'm with you because, yeah, we're, we're of the 21st century. We said, how was that? Yo, Ben, Ben, what did you do? But as Judas said, in my thoughts exactly, was that really important yeah. to record? Even, yeah. Yeah. Did people ask it? Yeah, but was that the important thing here? John knew that it wasn't. 
and recorded what he thought was important. Again, totally different than the synoptic guy, Gospels, uh, the spiritual aspect of Jesus Christ. Mm. What Lazarus thought after being raised from the dead, while it might have been important to me and you as commoners on the street, <laughs> to John, probably secondary or tertiary, mm. maybe even beyond that. Mm -hmm. You got me thinking, like, if this happened in today's world, how does oh, Ben, it... if it happened to you, I want to know. Oh, yeah, no, like, <laughs> come, come. Well, like, like, you know, like, we, we do that in today's world. Like, even if you go through something horrible, you're like, well, what was that experience like? You know, <laughs> tell me all the horrible details. <laughs> but, like, if it was to, like today's world, they would have, like, Lazarus on the news. Well, first they'd bash Jesus, and then they'd have Lazarus on the news. Well, this, this, is, this is the problem, and, and you're bringing it up, and it's relative yeah. to us and anybody yeah. else who might yeah. be listening or interested in the Bible. What are we focusing on? Mm. And we, we, we get this, I'm not on Facebook, but myself, I don't do that, though I've been put on there. But I'm talking about being on there and telling every little thing that's happening. Okay, I'm going to be eating now, or I'm going to be having a hangnail removed at the doctor, and I'm going to show you everything. It's, it's absolutely absurd to me. And, and here it is in the Bible. Should Again, your point, Ben, should, yep. you know, there, there were people asking about what was it like, Lazarus? John obviously doesn't seem to care. Yeah. Right. He doesn't think it's important. Right. Well, like you were talking about, like on the face, like I mean, back when I had Facebook, this was years ago. I had a cyst like on my chest, and it grew to like the size of like, a baseball, mm. and I had to have it removed. And I took photos while they, they like they would go and they they prop me in and they leave the room. I take photos. They get some more. They leave the room. I take photos. <laughs> oh my! Gosh. All went on my Facebook. You see, you, you <laughs> too much information. There were, yeah, there were people, and still are, that are interested in that. Me, I'd look at it and says, "What is this guy doing?" No, I wouldn't have been on there, so yeah. Okay. Not maybe baseball's a little too far. Okay, maybe it was like a golf ball. It's still hurt. It's still hurt. It's still right, we get and we still don't want to see it. Get the picture in it. You just said too much. Right? Keep that to yourself, man. Oh, my God. About the size of it or the color? <laughs> oh, the, the picture is everything. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, line 17 is uh, the reference to the four days. Uh, when Jesus arrived in Bethany, he was told Lazarus has had already been in the grave for four days, and and again that four days is is critical to the Jews at that time. It's okay, all right, that's it. His soul is gone, and you know it only stays there for three days. It was a superstition. It obviously well, isn't like back then too. Like when people get buried by accident. Yeah, yeah, they still do today. So they, yeah. yeah. So like the three days, that might be where like a lot of the superstition behind the three days. It might take you three days to get out <laughs> to of the... To actually die? No, to get out. To, I would say to get out of the grave that you were put in. <laughs> like Monty Python. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. <laughs> you will be. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, got you dead. <laughs> it, it could be, Ben. I, I don't... Ha you know, I could go into it in more detail, you know, look it up. But, you know, that I knew. I, you know, I'd read it and... I said four days. Okay, wow. but yeah, yeah. Are you dead yet? Am I dead yet? <laughs> I keep hearing stuff at the gravesite, like someone's struggling. Yeah. Oh, it's just just the yeah. wind. <laughs> well, I I think you're uh, you're right. The the four days, you know, definitely confirms the fact that he was uh, indeed dead. Uh, just as Jesus, when he was buried for three days, people say things like, "Oh, well, maybe he was just unconscious or whatever." It's like. You don't go through crucifixion and pass out, you know? It's like, 
the, the Roman soldiers were experts in uh in, in killing people. So mm, they were. They, they'd make sure you were dead. But um, but anyway, well, like you got poked in the side with the spear. Like right, the blood just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dead. Well, let, let's jump into fifteen because I, I think there's a there's a lot in there uh, that that's that's really good, and even just starting in verse one, Jesus is speaking. One of the I am statements. Yeah, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and prunes the branches that do produce fruit, so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. And that's not even really where I want to get yet, but I think it's worth stopping there for just a moment because, like, those are some heavy words if you think about it. Because Jesus is saying, I'm the grapevine. And if you think about a grapevine, what's the purpose of a grapevine? To produce grapes. Yeah, grapes. Right? I mean, like, yeah. this is not a trick question. Yeah. Um, and he says, so I'm the grapevine. My father is the gardener. And in this reference, who are the branches? Us. We'll see that later on. And he says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do produce. So they produce even more. And that, that's pretty challenging, you know? It's like saying that he cuts off the branches that don't produce fruit. And the introspective question here is, does my life produce fruit? You know, am I connected enough to the grapevine that I'm drawing nutrients from that and is my life producing fruit? And if not, it says here that I'll be cut off. Yes, and if I am, I'm still going to get cut but with a different purpose in mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. Jesus is telling you right there, it's either production or destruction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, basically yeah, that's, that's it. And as you, you know, just to corroborate what you said, Judah, um, fifth, I go, I take 15.5, which is, that is the seventh and final I am statement. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me, remain in me, and I and them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So in order for us to bear fruit, what you're talking about, Judah, about being you know, productive and getting cut the right way, in order for us to bear fruit, we must be rooted and connected to Jesus. Mm -hmm. We must remain dependent upon Jesus Christ. Without him, we can do nothing. That's what he's saying here. Yeah, and he, and he continues that in 6. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Mm -hmm. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. You know, and, and again, it's like in, in some ways this passage brings great comfort and it's, it's, it's beautiful. On the other side, it's also pretty terrifying. It's like you just said there, that when you're reading that there, it harkens back to what I just said, destruction, production of destruction. Yep. And, it, and it literally, if not uh, you know, figuratively, but literally too, is putting a fire under our butts here. Mm. <laughs> here it is laid out. If you can go anywhere else, just here. Uh, well, you know, somebody comes up to me and says, yeah, well, well, what do I need to do? We're, we're, or just read 15, chapter 15 here, you know, from one to eight or something. See what that tells you. And if that doesn't put a fire underneath you, that, yes, uh, as you said, Judah, there's, it sounds really nice. Okay, this is what I feel. But if, if you don't, 
there, there's 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 uh, consequences. Yeah. There's consequences. See, like when I read about this, I see it as uh, you go through life. Like how many people who you used to be friends with and hung around with are you still friend with and hang around with? Mm-hmm. They were pruned. That's Maybe. A good point, huh? yeah. 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 That's some. What other kind of pruning do we go through? Oh, the way we we act and talk and. There's habits. Kind of, we prune habits yeah. uh, a lot. If, if we want to grow, we do. Uh, and to become more productive, we, we prune habits. And, and as you said, Ben, I, I do believe that's true to people. Uh, we sometimes obtain or acquire new friends while others are, if not cast off, to use a harsh term, just you know, fall by the wayside, so to speak, because they don't fit into what we're doing. A lot of times when you come to the Word, and we know this, uh, you, you come to the Word and you become a believer in Jesus Christ, there's some people that challenge you, or they're your friends and they, they don't agree with you, or they, you know, they say, you're a holy roller, you're this or you're that. Sometimes it might even be your family. Mm. And I don't know what else you were thinking of, Judah, that yeah. we prune. Uh, habits is what I think of. Uh, we, we prune, uh, hopefully, our bad ways, and again, mm. Uh, what I pray daily for is I always think of, uh, when I'm thinking of this, the sinful nature that is mentioned in one of the uh, mm. books that we have read. I, Paul said it somewhere uh, in one of his letters, uh, and, that, and that phrase I captured in my mind. And uh, As Paul says, I ask the Holy Spirit each day to lead me away from my sinful nature mm. and into a life in the Spirit. That's what mm. I'm looking that's how it will be. I will be productive. Mm -hmm. That's what I need to do. That's what I'm trying to prune uh, or, or to you know, shave off or cut off you know, my sinful mm -hmm. nature and get into that life in the spirit 100%. Everything that doesn't allow you to remain in Jesus, to remain in God, that's what's going to get pruned. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, our, our focus is to, you know, mirror Jesus's image. Mm -hmm. And if we're not, you know, I pray every day, God, please you know, take away everything that doesn't reflect who you are. Take away everything that doesn't allow me to reflect your image when I'm walking around and when I'm going to stores, when I'm serving my wife, when I'm serving my family. Like my language, my body posture, the way I pray, yeah. my finances, uh, a lot of things that will affect you mentally, you yeah, know? Well, well, basically when Judah says, you know, what else do you prune? If I, if I needed to capsulize it, one word, sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You prune sin, you right. prune your sins, because everything we do that isn't in alignment, as you say, Lenny, with Jesus and how he lived his life, everything that is in alignment with that is sin, right? right? So we need to prune that, or that's what we should be pruning. Mm -hmm. And I'm not telling anybody yeah. what to do, I'm telling for myself, it would be pruning sin. And why, why don't we prune sin that much? I mean, like, for example, Are like, we, I, like we, we try to barter with Jesus, right? right? We say, oh, well, you know, don't touch this area, but I'll give you everything over here. You know, like, <laughs> if you just do this, Jesus, just, I'll do this. Yeah, you know, that bartering or, uh, but to answer your question directly, why why don't we, let me, if I say, why don't I? Because I'm weak. Hmm. I'm, I'm weak. I'm, I'm and I want to say, oh, I'm human and use that excuse, but I will say that I'm weak. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I've been in that sinful nature my life as I'm growing up, and it's it's hard to get out. Totally. Yeah. Uh, some people can do it a lot easier than others. I'm not on the easy end. Mm. You know, I, I mean, yeah, obviously we prune sin. 
that's obvious, but but like let's even take it a, another step further, right? Um, you know, Dave, obviously you have rental properties, right? You said you have what nine rental properties? Yeah. Um, let's say you have nine rental properties, and seven of them are being profitable, and two of them are losing money. What do you do? Well, you should get rid of them, prune them. Yeah, you you prune them, you get rid of them. Well, you, you know, maybe at first you go in and say. Can I turn this around? Try to rehabilitate you know? it, yeah. Um, but you try that, and for whatever reason, you just say, you know, I, I can't turn it around. I'm consistently losing money on this every month. So I cut it loose so that way I can focus my attentions on the ones that are producing income. It also causes you to be more discriminating when you go to purchase other properties in the future because maybe now you, you understand, oh, you know, I have to have you know, X amount of square footage and it has to have this kind of location. And it has to have, you know, th th be in this kind of condition. It has to have these kind of amenities and, you know, whatever else like that in order for it to even make my short list. I say that to say, if you prune a tree, like wh what branches do you cut off? Well, it says here, I mean, you, you cut off the ones that are, are not producing fruit. If you have an apple tree and you have branches that aren't producing apples, like, why would you allow the nutrients to go to those branches and basically be wasted? And the branches that do produce fruit, you cut them back. So again, it can pour into that, you know, uh, that fruit. Like we, we have raspberry bushes at, at my house and the first year or two, like I just let them grow and thinking that, hey, they're gonna get bigger, they're gonna get better. And first year we had a lot of raspberries, second year we had barely any. And then somebody said, you gotta prune them. So I kind of went and I trimmed them up next year. We still didn't have that much. They're like, no, you got to prune these suckers. Like, like you got to cut. I mean, they're like at the base five foot tall. I mean, you're cutting them down to like two foot, you know, mm -hmm. and I did that. And then the next year they produced two crops mm -hmm. of, uh, of raspberries. Yeah. Um, I said to say, yeah, obviously we got to prune sin, but is there anything else in our life that is not producing fruit? It might not even be sin. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a silly example. A couple years back, um, uh, I had a, uh, uh, like a little video game on my phone that for whatever reason, um, I just enjoyed playing and I started like playing it all the time, playing it all the time. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, what am I doing? I'm, like playing this stupid little video game, this little monster truck thing, like all the time, like <laughs> I need, I need to delete this and I deleted it. Mm -hmm. And that was pruning something that wasn't bearing fruit. It wasn't sin, mm -hmm. right? And, and I'm not saying that we can't have any enjoyment in life because some enjoyment actually, um, well, they say recreation. What's recreation mean? It means to recreate. So some of it actually does like produce fruit. You know, it's like for me to get out hiking or whatever else, get in the woods, it, it, it regenerates. So that does produce fruit, but there's other things in our life that that don't produce fruit. Maybe it's social media, maybe it's it's video games, maybe it's, whatever, and you know, a lot of people I know right now are fasting certain things in life. And it's not that they're all sin, but it's something that is taking nutrients, taking energy, taking your life away into something that's not producing any eternal uh, benefit for the kingdom of God. And again, not that every single thing has to be like work because we certainly need that sharpening time, but some things are just waste, you know? And maybe it is, maybe it is relationships that were, you know, that are drawing us further away from God. Maybe it's, um, certain kinds of food or certain kinds of drink 
or maybe it's uh, habits and maybe it's addictions or maybe it's who knows what. I mean, there's always this pruning process. And I believe that following Christ, the way I've often thought of it, it's like going down a tunnel with a giant backpack on with all these things tied to it. Right. And you're going down this tunnel and, uh, and everything's great. You're hiking down this tunnel. But slowly and almost imperceptibly, the tunnel gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then, like, your fishing pole starts getting hung up on the tunnel. And, like, I can't move forward until I take the fishing pole off. So I take the fishing pole off. Like, I really like the fishing pole. But if I want to go further, got to take it off. Take it off. Go further, 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 further. Now my, my baseball bat is now getting hung up. You know, you want to go further, you got to take this off. And... And as you're going further down this tunnel, you're at the point where you can't even bring the backpack anymore. It's just you walking down the tunnel. And, and I think that that in many ways is like what our journey with Christ is like, that the further we go, uh, there's things that he'll ask us to give up. There's things that he has us to sacrifice that aren't even necessarily bad things. But it's like he's saying, I want to get rid of this. I want to prune your life. I want to prune this out of your life. I want you to... Get close, and then at that point, we have a choice to make: Do we stay here and hold on to what we have, or do we let it go and do we move forward? Mm -hmm. mm. And we still have to produce fruit, so there's still more pruning that's going to happen, yeah. right? Always, right? Or there should be, or we become one of these branches that then withers and dies mm -hmm. and gets not pruned but cut. I've definitely, you know, you know, my wife and I, Kirsten, I, I was talking about this even yesterday, that. You know, with this fast that we're doing at church, you know, I've taken all social media platforms off my phone and I intend to keep them off. Mm. Like, I don't want them on my phone. If it's that important, then I can maybe go to my laptop, but I physically have to open up my laptop, you know, log in. And is it worth it? No, not really. Right. And so mm. even still to this day, we're 15 days in the fast, I think. 15, yeah. And, and I have gone to my phone still looking for that app. Yeah. Still looking for that other thing, and it's all mindless but, and and muscle memory, and it's definitely not given. It's it drained me. Now I'm noticing that I'm more productive. Now I've I've noticed that like I'm more attentive to you know my surroundings or whatever conversations I'm involved with because you know it's attentive listening, active listening. You know, there's a lot of things that it's been you know, uh, it's producing a lot of fruit from this. Um, but then do I go back? to where it used to be after the 21 day fast, you know, it, yeah. I don't want to, but it, there's going to be some motive to go back to it. And I don't want right. to, you know, it's a little scary. Um, like, uh, I'm backing up like all my videos now mm -hmm. and there are tons and tons of videos that I made that never made it to YouTube. Mm. And I'm, cause I'm literally at a point where I don't have social media. So if I have something I want to rant about, I got to record myself ranting about it <laughs> and then I got to watch it back and I hate watching myself. Oh my god! So gosh. I'm like, okay, do I really, is this even worth putting up? Is anybody even going to care what you I have to God say? God stopping you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and then you well, end up with like all these videos and I'm like, well, do I hold on to them? I yeah. mean, like one day I'm going to look back and it's like, well, I, this is what it looked like back then. Sometimes it feels good to get it off your chest and yeah. then you delete it. Yep. <laughs> that, which, that yeah. it's like, it's like if I'm a, like if I'm at a situation where 
I am, you should make everybody that wants to rant online have to do that. They have to video it. They have to watch, watch it. it and approve it or something. <laughs> well, I used to use the example much before social media, but with and probably before even our modern conveniences of mm. pens and paper and lights. Abraham Lincoln. You mm. may have heard the story of him. Now, he you know, worked you know in a candlelight, but he did the same thing that Ben did, and the same thing that you just suggested, Judah. And, and I took that from him, and I do use it a lot of times. I, I can say that. Not all the time, but a lot of times. And what he did was this. Now, during the Civil War, there was a couple of generals that, that really did. They, one in specific, I think of his name, couldn't stand Lincoln. He did give him a, a fantastic eulogy when, when Lincoln died. But prior to that, he would send him these letters that excoriated him, crucified him, and, and, and called him all kinds of names. And what Lincoln did... He would, by his candlelight, write a response, an angry response, <laughs> and, he, and, he would, and he would write it out, and then the next morning when it was getting ready to post it, he would rip it up and throw it in the pail. Mm. Mm. What Judith said, ranted, mm. and what, you know, he got it out of the system, and I never forgot that when I read some of his biography, biography I'm sorry, uh, yeah, biography. It was, I thought he said autobiography, his biography, uh, people writing about him, that was one of the things that he did. Mm. And, and that general that that cursed him all the time, extolled him and his virtues mm. uh, at, at, at his funeral. But that's one way of doing it. And, 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 and Judy, you're right on when you said that. Write it out. And I've done that a lot of times. I, I, I'm, I'm on my computer and I'm typing out a letter to the editor, I'm typing out something. And then I reread it a couple hours later. I says, that's something I really want to do. Mm. And then I just do Don't want to go down that path. <laughs> do I want to yeah. go down that path? Do I want to do yeah. that? I'm not not yeah. to say that I do it all the time because I have sent letters yeah. in that are very scathing, but. Oh, I, ru I ruined a relationship. I was yeah. with, with a girl and um, I thought that she was acting immature. Mm. So I wrote her a note telling her how immature I thought she was acting, but I didn't send it. I waited a week and then I sent it. <laughs> Which is even double dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we, can you still dump that it's, it's the same Here's reason. the thing, though. I sent it to her, and I said, this is how mad I was. This is what I wrote. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. and I should not have right. done that. All right. That is a, an extreme faux pas. Yeah. That, that is a, that is a, This is what not to do. <laughs> you wait a week. Uh, you're figuring, you know, you know, if you wait a week, you should say, oh, yeah, it should have been, you know, been, been done. It should have been done. It's like, uh, it reminds oh me gosh, of uh, in my business, in, in the life insurance aspect of my business, there's a suicide clause. If you, <laughs> no, no, I'm going to show you how this relates. You're laughing. If you take out a life insurance policy with me, I tell you, there's a suicide. The only way they won't pay is two reasons if you commit suicide or don't pay your premium. But the suicide clause. You know, some people take out a policy because they want to commit suicide and just get their ears in mind. They're, they're just gone in their mind. And, and companies in the first two years will not pay it. Mm. You say they'll pay it after two years. Why? For the same reason that you wrote that letter and waited a week. After right. two years, they figure if you're still thinking about suicide, you really are nuts. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, and, man. And, and you wouldn't do it by then. You yeah. follow it? No, words. Yeah. Yeah. two years, you're, you're contemplating it for two years. If you haven't done it by then, you're probably not going to do it. Right. Uh, unless you're Ben and you're going to send that letter after. <laughs> <laughs> and say, this is how mad I was. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, did pre I, I prefaced it. I thought that she would understand. Okay, I was Hey, really this is upset. really funny. Look yeah. what I wrote last yeah. week. Yeah. I, I'm going to call that the suicide clause. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, apparently it was relationship suicide. So uh, <laughs> there you go. That's actually one of the last things I did on MySpace. Um, MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. Oh, <laughs> so long ago. Wow. Good old Tom. As we continue on, verse seven, and I shared this uh, this past weekend. It says, but but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you're my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. And, and I think this just goes to, to show the importance of uh, being in God's word. You know, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want, and it will be granted. And I think a lot of times people read this and be like, well, this is my, uh, my magic lamp. You know, this is how I can get whatever I want now. Mm-hmm. See, he says that if I pray anything, I'll get it. Right? Anything, and it'll be granted. But they miss that second part, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. Right, it's contingent on that. Mm -hmm. Because what happens when you are remaining in him and his words are remaining in you, then you are a part of the vine. The nourishment is going into you. You are being transformed to such the point where your prayers are now in alignment with his will. And so you're praying things that God will answer because Mm -hmm. you're being transformed by that. Mm -hmm. It's not a... uh, a free, you know, like a blank check, a lottery ticket. Oh, you know, if I, if I just read God's word, mm-hmm. God's going to give me a Lamborghini. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's not what it's saying. Something that came to my mind is like, uh, it's almost like the bank. As long as you got money in the bank, you can go to the ATM machine and you can take money out. Mm. But if you don't got any money in the bank, you ain't going to get any money out of the ATM. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you don't put anything, if you don't have anything in Jesus, then Jesus ain't going to give you anything back. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's good. Yeah. But I mean, I even love how Jesus even explains you know, what he's done and how he's demonstrated, John 15, 10, it says, you know, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. Mm-hmm. So Jesus demonstrated himself. And that's the sermon uh, series, the, the resilience, right? Like that's, that's gene, like that's, it's amazing that even Jesus had the resilience to keep following the commandments and, you know, came down and, you know, to be born of as a man, and to have the resilience from when he started to to now, like he's he's telling you guys, like I've remained in my father's love, right? Me too. Like I'm not like leaving myself out of it. Like mm-hmm. I too have had to follow this, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's what those those I am statements are about. Uh, if you continue, you read ten, Lenny. If you read eleven, I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Mm. And then you go down to I uh, go down to 15. I was looking at the second part of it. Now you are my friend since I've told you everything the Father told me. I'm glad you focused on 15 here. If you take 15 verse 1 right up to 17, it's a, it's a, almost a separate passage. 15 1 through 17 and you read that over and over. You you see we see where anybody sees Jesus is offering us the privilege to serve him, one. Mm-hmm. He's offering us the privilege to serve him, privilege to serve him, in the joy of being his friend. Mm. One greater joy. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And then 17, this is my command, love, love each other. Mm. And that's literally all it comes down to. Yeah. Back to 9 and 10. Well, early on it says, you know, remain in the vine, right? Mm. Now he's saying that vine is essentially Jesus' love. He's saying, I have loved you even as my father has loved me. Remain in my love. It's like, well, how do we remain in God's love? How do we remain in his love? 
Verse 10, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. You know, and, and I think he's just, he's spelling it out for us. Jesus says, I am the vine. My father is the gardener. He prunes the vines that don't bear fruit. Or, or he, he cuts the vines that don't bear fruit. He prunes the vines that do bear fruit. So they'll uh, bear more fruit. So remain in me. My words remain in you. We got God's word remaining in us. Now he's saying you need to obey so you can remain in my love. And we do these things. And he says that he answers our prayer. There's another spot where it says it. Oh, yeah. Uh, verse 16. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that my father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. But again, what does it come back to? It comes back to knowing God's word, obeying God's word, staying in God's word, staying connected to the vine. And then when you're doing this, now you're living that victorious Christian life. Mm -hmm. You're living a life where you pray and God answers because you know God and God knows you. And like, like Moses and David before who were considered friends of God, you know, we can have that relationship with God where we can, you know, request things and he will hear our prayers and answer them. I like that. Ben, you, you mentioned 17 there. This is my command, love each other. And as you said, it all comes down to that. We referenced that the last time we met, maybe the time before that too. If you show true love to everybody, every single rule, every commandment, well, you'll just follow them. Yeah. You'll just do it. It's just... You, <laughs> yeah, you know, those two commands, you know, love, love, love God, love each other. Yeah. And uh, one of the notes in my, my book, not mine, but this love each other is, it's only three words, but it's in the present tense. Yeah. Love each other. So that means right now, Ben, me and you, me and Judah, me and Lenny, anybody, love each other now. Not just, for instance, at Christmas or Easter or uh, a holiday or a gathering or when you're out having a drink with somebody. Oh, I love you. I love... No, it's in the present tense always. That's what it's meaning. Love each other. In the present tense at all times. That's critical. My, my mom retired from uh, working at a nursing home. And she said that her, fav her least favorite time to work there was Christmas. Mm. Because all these people who never come to visit, all of a sudden come to visit because it's Christmas time. <laughs> and it's like, she always said, like, there shouldn't be special holidays for stuff. You should just always do this. Mm. I like that. There shouldn't be a special holiday for love. Right. Yeah. It should, should be on display all the time. <laughs> yeah. Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, I forgot hey, all I about you. that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's Day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love you. And we pass all you. these things. That's Rest of here, I think you're a jerk, but today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except for today. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I forgot that's coming up. Okay. There was some video that somebody put online. It was the, this lady, she was arguing with her boyfriend because he only comes around right before Valentine's Day because she has money and she knows she knows he's broke, so she'll <laughs> give him stuff for Valentine's Day. And then she's like, you know what? This is every year. And then right after Valentine's Day, after I gave you hundreds of dollars worth of stuff, you disappear. <laughs> for a like, year? Well, he probably like throughout the year like gives yeah. her like little bits just to keep her hung on. But you know, it's like she, she um, ought to she ought to write him one of your letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I thought about this. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, and here's the letter. I'm not waiting a week. I'm giving it to you now. Yeah. <laughs> then he goes on, you know, obviously the, the concluding of this chapter talking about the world's hatred. Yeah, and how uh, the world hates him and it's going to hate us too. And, and, and we see that, right? We see that now in the world that we live in. Um, they just turn on the turn on the news. Yeah, they don't blatantly come out and say it because most of the country's Christian, but they, you know, well, Christian at least in in title. Yeah. Um, but when you look even across the world, because the world's bigger than just we are, uh, you see that I forgot what the statistic was, but it's like the majority of persecution and. Um, Violence toward any group of people, the majority of that is targeted towards Christians in this world. Yeah. There's more Christians that are martyred for their faith than any other group of people, any other nationality, any other belief system. Mm -hmm. You name it, Christians are number one. If we're number one at anything, it's number one at being persecuted. Even even in China, they got the they, they only report in the news about the Muslims that are getting killed. They don't talk about the fact that there's also Christians in those concentration right. camps as well. Right. Yeah. And Iran and places in Africa and I mean all over, mm -hmm. all over the world. Um, you know, I, years ago I went to uh, to Bulgaria and we went there. We had to go there uh, under the guise of being teachers because um, it was under communist rule at the time, and and they would uh, not think highly of you coming in there to share your faith with people, and so. Oh, like if you went to North Korea, you can't even take a um, you couldn't even take a Bible with you. They'll right. take your bags. Right. Yeah. Well, based on what you're talking about, when Jude was started reading this, 25, uh, Jesus says uh, after he's talking about they about hate me and my father, this fulfills what's written in their scriptures. Simple line: They hated me without cause. Mm -hmm. They hated me without cause. But the nice thing is, after that, he. Once again, refers to sending the paraclete, the advocate, mm -hmm. the spirit of the truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And that's where our power comes from. You know, from the Holy Spirit coming alongside, giving us the wisdom, the guidance, allowing us to stay connected. Mm. Uh, but are we staying connected? You know, I think that's, that's the question. I think that's the challenge for each of us is, uh, are the things that I'm doing in my life, are they helping me to stay connected to the vine and produce fruit for the kingdom of God? Or is there some removal or pruning that needs to take place? Mm. And if so, what is that? And will I go through that pruning willingly or will I go through a kicking and screaming? Yep. yep. You know, I think that's where it comes down to. This 21 day challenge, Judah, and you're talking about fasting and people doing different things. It's almost like that, but you might be able to use that because I like it now that you're focusing on that word pruning. And as you're talking and throughout this session here, I'm thinking of pruning and could have something on that to have everybody prune something. Mm. <laughs> A challenge to prune something. What have you pruned? What, did you, what needed to be pruned and what are you pruning? Right. Uh, we should be doing it anyway, but it's always, you know, you have a challenge. You know, and yep. Everybody likes a challenge. I know I do. Yeah. And with the growth you've obtained, like, are you going to stay that course? Like, are you going to go back to some of the things you've let go? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like these, you know, everybody, you know, I'm going to lose weight and then they put it back on again. Do you right. gain the weight back? 
similar to what you're saying. That's, that's me. That's a good, well, I, yeah, I was talking about well, that's a good point about pruning off something that needs to be pruned mm-hmm. in our lives. And, and can we leave that off mm-hmm. so that we can work on something else or we just let that grow back? Uh, that, that's good, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be thinking of pruning this week now. Hmm. So let's, uh, let's move on. Um, if you guys are agreeable, let's let's mm. do uh, sixteen. Uh, normally we do sixteen to twenty, yeah, 20 but it's twenty-one. 21 so yeah, we'll, maybe we'll yeah. I was thinking the same thing because twenty-one is the end, so sixteen is so yeah. So that, that's uh, six chapters. So we'll plan on doing it around five times mm. or, or somewhere in that vicinity. Yep. And then we'll discuss that. So obviously, uh, there's a lot going to be jam-packed in uh, these next six chapters, uh, some of which includes the crucifixion and resurrection, which are pretty, pretty important to our faith as well. So, so that'll be fun to, to, to chat about. So, so we'll pick back up with that, John 16 to 21. Sweet. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast also consider sharing it on social media we can't wait to be back together with you at the thriving in the word podcast